Ah, so I did a podcast about my mission, mostly all positives, a few things that weren't positive, but definitely there were a lot of good takeaways from my mission, but um, I mentioned my companions, and I forgot a few, so Elder Bernatz, we had some good times, Elder Christensen, Elder, so let's start, let's see if I can remember them all real quick. In case they listen, they know that I still remember who they are. We started with Chikimula, we had Elder Whipple and Elder Co. And then I moved to Puerto Barrios and we had Elder Christensen, Bernatz, and Fraser. Then I went to this six week spot with Elder Volpa. And then I went to, I think it was called Landivar with Hogan. And then after Hogan, I had Elder Hatch. And then from there, we have Elder Downing. And then Elder Sheen. And then we had Elder Turner. And Elder Sintigo. And then my MTC companions were Elder D-Mill and Elder Carmichael. Carmichael, Carmichael, Carlisle, Carlisle. There you guys go. I know all of you. And there's maybe one that I forgot. Maybe I forgot a whole area, but that's as good as my memory's gonna do. That's just off the top of my dome right here. But enjoy the episode. If you like it, share it. And check out my other episodes. Experience true vulnerability, how to overcome trials. You will laugh, cry, and experience everything in between. Welcome to the King of Corona Podcast. Brought to you by Tyler Griffith. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wanted to jump on into a podcast about my, uh, I guess, the positive side of the Mormonism mostly my mission I've talked about a lot of the things that I don't like about my Mormon upbringing and it's mostly just comes down to the control and the power and then like the abuse of the control and the power and the fear tactics and the guilt but beside like the community is probably one of the best communities anybody that knows Mormons. They don't, they don't want to go by Mormon anymore, but we all know them as Mormons. But, uh, so in 2001, I graduated high school, and I didn't like the church. I didn't, I didn't get much out of it. I was kind of like a punk. I would ditch church. I was very disruptive. I would try to create chaos for my teachers and just very like disrespectful I guess because I just hated that I had to do it and so my plan was always when I left home I would leave the church and I'd go find who I was and go to a college that wasn't LDS Mormon and so I applied to colleges and 
I don't know, I didn't really have like a real good sense of like what direction I wanted my life to go in. I never really put time into my future, I guess. I always just kind of like lived in the here and the now. And so I did the things I was supposed to do in high school. Like I took the ACT and I did terrible on it. My reading comprehension is just absolutely horrible. And so did bad on that. And so I had pretty limited options where I wanted to go to high school or where, where I wanted to go to college. So I got accepted into CSU and Utah State, which is crazy because I really should have pushed the uh, scholarship thing because I was really good at track. I got to third in the state of Colorado in the 300 meter hurdles. So I was really fast, but no, like I said, I just, I needed more like, I guess advice, more guidance as to like what interests me. I feel like if we would have had Audible, if I could have learned listening versus reading, I probably could have had a lot more confidence in my learning ability, but it is what it is now. But so I got accepted into CSU, Colorado State University in Fort Collins, and then Utah State. And then all the other colleges I applied to, applied to said, no, you can't come here, you're too dumb. So... It kind of hurt my ego a little bit because I was really popular in high school. Like my whole identity was wrapped around like me being popular and I never really put that much emphasis into like what comes after this. And so I got really scared. So my friends were gonna go to CSU, like my best friend Tyler and then one of my friends Mike and Josh. And so they were gonna room together and started thinking about it and I was like I know myself too much like all I care about is like being Mr. like fun and party man and I have a hard time saying no I have a hard time saying no I have a hard time like being disciplined with the things I need to be and so I decided to go to Utah State to get away from the drinking and get away from the things that could potentially have like pulled me away from getting a degree which at the time I thought was the most important thing which now looking back my degree is useless and I could have just started pursuing sales with no education at all but live and learn live and learn live and learn so I went to Utah State Utah State was super cool like I loved it um, I lived on campus and made some really, really, really good friends. We were kind of all the same. Like, we met each other and we were all like, like, I have my really good friend Eve and Kasha and Chris and Devin. And then we had a friend Brandon and then my brother Justin went there and my stepbrother Paul and Joel. And, um, I mean, we had a pretty good group there. Sorry if I didn't mention you. That was kind of like my core, my core group right there. But it wasn't really like we, any of us really wanted to be like hardcore Mormon when I was a freshman. And I don't know what happened to where I decided to go on a mission, but 
I think there was just this need to make my parents happy. Like I basically, I needed them to be proud of me. And I also saw me not going as, like my older brother had already decided not to go on a mission. So kind of skipped him, went to me. And then I guess I couldn't handle disappointing my parents because he had already disappointed them with his decision not to go. So I was like, all right, I'll go. And I just kind of looked at it as like, uh, I'll go, I'll still be like this version of Tyler that is gonna be Tyler, which I was. And so I signed up, sent my papers in. I remember we were in the hallway shooting paintballs at each other and this package came. So we went to my dorm room, opened it up and I was called to Guatemala. And it was like exciting called my family, told them, they were all super excited. And it was like this adrenaline rush of like people pleasing. Like everybody was just like super, super excited for me. And I felt like, yeah, I'm the golden boy. Look at me making everybody happy. And so not really knowing much about what all this entailed. So once I got the call, I had the call and then you got to prepare to go to the temple. And so I went to the temple and I've talked about this before in the past, but that's kind of the thing where it like hooked me to the point where I was like, uh-oh, I'm in now, I'm in. And like at that point, I probably should have, like I should have second guessed things a little bit more because um, the commitment was just a little bit bigger than I could handle at that time, because I was 18. So anyway, um, my friends were all at CSU, my friends in college, none of them were going on missions, and I didn't have really any friends going on missions, it was just me. So I kind of started this like path for my younger brothers, like, you guys follow my footsteps, we should go on missions, because it was also a part of me where I was like, I didn't have direction, and the emphasis in my life was mostly like, put God first, and put God first in the Mormon sense of put God first, which was go on a mission, pay your tithing, do that stuff, and like your life will be taken care of for you. So I just trusted in my leaders, I trusted in my family, so I went to Guatemala, and I went to the MTC, and the MTC wasn't good for me. It was actually terrible. I felt more stressed than I've ever felt. I got like these big giant sits on my nose. This one uh, guy that was in the mission training center with me, he said, whoa, bro, it looks like the Grand Canyon's on your face. And I was like, thank you. That really makes me feel really good. Because I don't know I don't know how everybody in there wasn't so stressed. It was just so stressful. It was like, you just sat in a classroom and just tried to learn Spanish and church stuff all day, every day. It was like an anxiety attack. I'm the person that's like, could not sit in my classroom for five minutes without getting the bath the pass to go to the bathroom like every class I would get the bathroom pass and walk the hallways and like just freedom has always been so important to me so my freedom stripped I'm in the MTC start to learn Spanish I get shipped off to Guatemala meet my mission president we go to like the mission there's like an office elders house where we went and I remember taking a shower like the morning I woke up and just, I always was like so stressed, so stressed out. And then we went to the, uh, this basically it's called the changes where you go to this big chapel and all the missionaries from your mission are in there. And 
you basically have your your APs, the assistants, the presidents. They kind of go up on the microphone and they do like these little orientations. And the people that have been there a while are like all broing out. They're all confident. It's like a lot of fun. And then like us new people there, you feel like you're part of this like fraternity where you don't really fit in. But it just felt like uncomfortable. So anyway, they start to announce like, Elder Blah, you're with Elder Blah, Elder L, you're Elder Griffith, you're with Elder Whipple. And so I got paired up with this guy, Elder Whipple, who we've become good friends. He's actually a child cancer doctor now, which is crazy. He helped my son out. We took my son to see him one time in Utah, which is super cool how that came full circle. But he was like a very, very like strict by the rules elder. Like if we obeyed the rules, we would be blessed and so he didn't speak to me in English it was just Spanish which was really helpful for me learning the language in hindsight but it was like I love connecting with people I love getting to know people and I don't feel like I really got to know him because I was limited in the communication we could have with each other I do that's like one of my biggest like I, I don't know if it's one of his biggest regrets too but I felt like we could have really connected and had a really good relationship and we kind of prevented ourselves from having that and I was just letting things happen like I for me this was my first companion so I thought this is how it was happening with everybody I do remember though when I got paired with them one of the missionaries told me like he's gonna be like one of the strictest like most obedient elders which for me was good because I'm all in or all out and so it was good for me to like be with somebody that was all in because then I could get really into this mission thing and not be one foot in one foot out I think the worst thing that could happen to you on your mission is to get paired with somebody that's negative that's breaking the rules because then you kind of start off with this mindset of like and eh, this is a joke instead of like this is the truth and like this is gonna be like beneficial and life-changing for me and the people that I'm teaching so me I went into this thing like Alright, let's try to let's try to convince myself that this is true. Cause I had my doubts. Like I said, the temple kind of freaked me out a little bit. But I stayed look I was the most positive missionary ever. Like all I did was look at everything from a positive perspective. I, the anxiety never really went away, but somehow I managed to like control it and once I really dedicated myself to just like, let's connect to these people, let's learn the language, let's, let's laugh, let's have fun, I ended up loving the people of Guatemala, I loved all my companions, I ended up loving the gospel, I loved like teaching people and baptizing people, and that area, we found this family, they were called the fam La Familia Folgar, and it was like Elvis Presley had a family in Guatemala. He had the, his dad was like this handsome guy with this super slicked back, cool hair. And then he had these beautiful children, a beautiful wife. His wife had a tumor she was fighting. And I think they were kind of in a place in life where there was a lot of fear and uncertainty about death. And so me and Elder Whipple showed up and we would teach them we get together and we talk about Jesus and the plan of salvation and 
you get baptized, you can be saved and you can be with your family forever and you can go to this temple and you can be sealed together forever. And like, there was so much like meaning in that for me. And I felt so, I felt so good being the messenger of this good news. And so believing it was the best thing ever for me. Like to actually believe it and feel like I was like connecting families together forever is kind of how I navigated my mission. Find families, teach this eternal salvation, get them into this ward where they have support and they can lean on the other members to kind of keep them activated and in Guatemala it was a great thing for people to join the church because it was it was pretty poor it was pretty uh third world in a lot of parts and so if you brought people to the church the church was pretty well established even in the poor area so I started in Chiquimula and we had some success. I was with Elder Whipple, I think, for six weeks or three months. You had six-week six week periods until they did changes. So you were with just your companion, working with just your companion for a six-week period. And then sometimes it would extend and you'd go three months or you could go um, like four and a half months or you could go six months. The longest I ever had was with, uh, I think I was with my companion, not six, maybe three months. I was in one area for six months though, Puerto Barrios. And we lived above this little shop. There was like a little, uh, where you'd buy treats and we drank water out of bags and like juices. And so we lived right above this little tienda is what it was called. And it was, I don't know what I was inhaling there, but we had bats up in the ceiling and they would flop around and like dust would fall down. But the area was like the hottest place I had ever been in my life. And so since the dust would fall out, I needed a fan to sleep because I was so hot. So the fan would blow dust into my lungs. I just remember getting like super sick. And then it was very, very third world, like I was saying in this area. And so we were drinking unsanitary water a lot of the food we were eating were causing us to get parasites. And I kind of just pushed my health issues off. Like I just, I mean, I, there's a lot of things where I wish I would have just been more open. I was so stubborn. Like I'm just the person like, if I start something, I need to finish it regardless of the consequences. Like I swear to you that 100 mile race that I did, I would have died before I quit. That's just my personality. I don't like to say I didn't finish something. And so since I started my mission, I knew that there was like certain things where like if I said, hey, I'm having like many stroke kind of things happening. Like I had two instances and I know I'm jumping all over the place, but I did have two instances where I one time it was my first area, Chikimula, and we had these uh, I'm trying to remember their name, Vivian, Viviana and uh Diego, what's the dad's name? They're the friendliest people, but uh, we would, we'd have these people that would make us lunch, clean our clothes, and you basically go to the same house every day, and you'd pay them a little bit, and then they basically were the people that made your lunches for you. So we were driving to this area, and I don't think I was drinking enough water. 
I don't think I just felt like I never been in a situation where I had felt so like so thrown into something that was just so crazy different so we're riding the bus and I honestly felt like there was an earthquake and I said to people on the bus like oh my gosh are you okay did you feel that I was like holding people's shoulders like I thought the bus rolled that's how bad like something happened in my brain to where like it was uh like what I would probably consider like a mini little stroke or something and then I got off the bus I felt really sick I couldn't eat and like for a few days I kind of was walking a little bit crooked and I didn't go to a doctor I didn't do anything I just kind of was like buried it and just kind of kept going feeling like a little bit off and then later when I was in Puerto Barrios same thing I was teaching a discussion I was like right in the middle of a sentence and same thing happened it was like a bug bit my brain and I was looking at these people and it was almost like I didn't know who they were where I was it was like this fear of it was almost like the uh, men in black laser beam went off and I lost I lost who I was I lost where I was and I my companion was looking at me he's like are you okay and I was like I don't know like I don't know what I'm doing I don't know where I'm at and I just kind of sat there until I kind of came back that's terrifying, right? And nothing, no doctor, no nothing. I just buried that. Happened to me a few times. Probably had heat stroke, dehydration. Like, I mean, I think I was at serious risk. Like, I think I was pushing myself. I wasn't sleeping very good. I had major anxiety. But, like I said, I was so prideful. But because I did stay there, I did have these connections with these missionaries, with the people. And I just wish I could do the whole thing over again. Like, a, detached from the Mormonism. Detached from, like, the Mormon belief system. Like, go to Guatemala. Stay somewhere that's actually, like, not in... Doesn't have bats flying around with dust, with no air conditioning, with, like... I only could reach out to my family two times a year. I could email them and write them letters once a week, but then besides that, it was one time you could call them for Mother's Day and you could call them for Christmas. And that was my, like it's changed since then. Now you got like missionaries that can have Facebook and they can talk to home all the time. And I'm guessing it's because like my group, my generation and before me, like there was a lot of mental health issues and a lot of, like negative things and I know this is supposed to be like all positive but let's just say this is just about like missions in general I had a friend and they would tell us we're supposed to lock our hearts throw away the key like throw away the key and we would damn, we would be blessed so don't fall in love don't look at girls so I had this friend and he fell in love like he did fall in love he met a girl and like they were attracted to each other and like he didn't want to he just did and he got so shamed he got sent home his family basically was like you're a terrible person I can't believe you did this and it's like what did I do I'm a 19 to 21 year old guy 
and I met a girl that was around my same age and we were attracted to each other and like we had feelings for each other like how do you just shut that down somehow I did I there was times I when I'd see girls and like clearly like think about them inappropriately because that was all you could do but so the positives for my mission just to wrap this up is serving people is amazing serving people watching people's lives get better whether it's taking them into mormonism taking them to another non-denominational christian church building them a home any way you could serve people is amazing service makes you feel better it just makes you feel better and i think if i hadn't gone on a mission because since I left my mission, I've been talking about doing service and getting involved outside of the church. And it just doesn't seem to happen until you're forced to do it. And so the Mormon church making you feel forced or making you feel like you should do it is a good thing in a way because you do it. You do it like you're there. And so that's one thing. And it taught me discipline. Like I was very disciplined. Like wake up in the morning I'd study I wasn't drinking alcohol I wasn't smoking I wasn't hurting my body other than like having strokes from time to time and like possibly dying and getting parasites and stuff <laughs> but very disciplined I came home from my mission like very like okay let's get this going like let's I'll, I'll, let's be a dentist I want to be a dentist I had translated for some dentists when I was in Guatemala they all seemed really happy. They did these free clinics for these Guatemalans. And it was just really cool. Like, okay, I could be this, like, do this career. Where I'm going to make a lot of money. And I can do these, like, mission trips. And so I went, basically, my mission, like, instilled discipline. And I learned Spanish. It's so fun for me to speak Spanish to people. And I play this golf course by my house. And there's these uh, people from, like, uh, Ecuador. They're all working on the course, and I always go out there and I talk to them, and I tell them they can come by my house and grab a beer, or water, or whatever they need. And they're just so friendly and so humble and so nice. And like the culture of Guatemala, I loved it. I loved the people. I loved my mission president. I loved his wife. I loved so many of the missionary companions. Like I don't want to start naming them because I'll probably forget them because I had a lot, but. Elder Frazier, he came to visit me just recently, watched me play some music. Elder Whipple, like I mentioned, Elder Turner, Elder Turner was so fun. Elder Hogan, Elder Sheen, Elder Hatch, Elder Volpa, Elder Coe. I had a lot of mission companions. And Elder, uh, dang, what's his name? Well, sorry. I know, and like, I had friends that were not like D Mill and Gill and Chapel and all these guys from the MTC, but I still have like lifelong friends from this. And a lot of these guys have actually left the church now, and we've talked, and it's caused a lot of like heartache and pain for a lot of our lives. And then there's a lot of relationships that I've lost because I left the church and I've been a little bit vocal. And I apologize to anybody if I've said anything that's made your life more difficult. I'm just trying to get through this life and be vocal and I've made this podcast really just as a way for me to like express my true feelings about just everything that I'm going through and a lot of times I know that I'm not right and I say things and it comes across like it's 
truth or it's this or that, but it's my opinion and it's, um, it's not meant to like hurt anybody. It's not meant to make anybody's life harder. It's just meant to be my thoughts. And I, I would never tell anybody that wants to go on a mission, not to go on a mission. Like I do think it's a good thing. I think go with an open mind. Don't go trying to brainwash yourself. I wish I would have had way more conversations with other pastors. Been more open-minded to learn from other people instead of being like, I have the truth, this is the truth. Because it just, I got in situations where I would debate and I would try to use like scripture to beat people and I wasn't listening and I had to be right. I had to be right. I was there giving up two years of my life and so if I wasn't right, I should have been at home working and like not not wasting two years and so if you do decide to go on a mission go with an open mind about service really get to know the people that you're gonna serve fall in love with them be open to their way of their way of believing and maybe I could have been converted to something different on my mission I'm sure that happens for other missionaries but I went with like a very closed this has to be right type mentality but I do uh, I do love Guatemala I did uh, take away a lot of good things and so just wanted to do a podcast to kind of to kind of express some of those feelings so and then if any of my mission people are listening and I didn't mention you I'm sorry you know I love you and I hope you guys all have a great rest of your week <laughs>